Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody, this is In Liberty and Health brought to you by Accent Sledge Supplements. Use code Matovic10 at checkout to get all your gear to make you a little bit more jacked and tan. I got my brother Rob Calvert today with me today. Um, he's a guy that kind of brought me into the LP with open arms. He's been awesome over the last year, year and a half that I've known him. Rob, how you doing today, brother? Excellent, man. Good to be here. Glad we finally got to do it. For sure. Yeah, I've been looking forward to getting some of these uh, closer MC guys in. Um, I had Adam on, Anthony Pertillo, and a few other guys, but, um, you know, I got to get Mark on next. Um, yeah, I, I love talking to all you guys. You guys have welcomed me with open arms, my brother and everybody else. And um, you in particular have been kind of someone in this whole Mises Caucus here in PA that's been very friendly to everybody, even when they slap your hand when you reach out to them. So I think that's something <laughs> I really appreciate about you. But, um, you know, we're kind of here today to talk about your run for uh, chair of the party overall, correct? Yeah, yep. So I've decided to run for LPPA chair. Uh, a lot of went into that decision, but, but you know, I think uh, right now might be the right time and place. So we'll give it a shot and see if that's what the people want. Absolutely. Well, I had one of your... Um, opponents if you will on uh christine womack and yeah. it was interesting for me because i never really had the chance to talk to her and you know being that we're both mises caucus guys we all kind of get one side of the story so um she reached out to me and i felt it was fair to have her on because i've mostly had pro mises caucus people on but i've also had people who are, are not in the mises caucus on but you know full disclosure i'm biased towards mises caucus but i'm always <laughs> open to <laughs> all points of views um why did you decide to run and throw your hat in there well you know it uh, i'm a busy guy and it, it's not that i have really all that much time but you know this party has really really started to put his big boy pants on in this last year and i think that we've really got some momentum behind us uh i think everyone's looking at pennsylvania right now you know with the molten maneuver we just had 170 plus people elected you know i think that's a great uh, a great accomplishment uh, I think we're growing the party. We're getting, uh, you know, the, the biggest conventions we've ever had and everything's going in the right direction. Uh, I just think that uh, the, the chair position in particular has been a very misunderstood role in particularly in the LPPA. Uh, I keep telling us everywhere I go that, that really, if you're doing it right, it's not a glamorous position. Uh, it's really more like being a hall monitor. Um, I think that we've had great people in leadership but they haven't quite understood what the role of the chair is. Uh, and now my background as an attorney, I think that what I can bring to the chair position is structure, organization, and, and uh, abiding by the rules of our party and, and the Roberts Rules of Procedure, which we do. You know, I'm, I have to practice in, in, in the rules of procedure every day. Um, I understand the, the purpose of them and, and why, we, you know, why we got them. And, and I think that I can bring that structure and that, and that stability and consistency to the, to the LPPA where we, you know, infamously now have had uh, seven, eight plus hour monthly board meetings. And it's really causing a lot of people, a lot of animosity and all. It's, it's, it's feeding into the, the factioning and, and the conflict. So I think that a little bit of structure in my experience, you know, uh, using the rules of procedure in, in my law practice 
uh, I can bring some structure and some organization and some some uh, efficiency and effectiveness to our board meetings and and maybe hopefully that'll bring down some of this this contentiousness. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking a little bit off air about the whole paleo and libertarian party strategy. Oh yeah, and I feel like a lot of people critique the libertarian party reasonably so um, because of some of the stuff that we see going on, like. We all know this is a smaller pond, but this pond is getting big and it's getting big fast. Yeah. Um, people outside looking in, when they hear about eight hour board meeting on a freaking Saturday, nobody wants to do that for the Libertarian yeah. Party because, you know, as it stands right now, not that many people care about us. About two years ago, I would have said nobody cares about us, but th yeah. this pond's filling up fast. And I think there's some people in this party who don't like that pond filling up as fast as it is. But, you know, what, what are we here to do? We're we here to create liberty or are we here to just have a social club where we can say, I'm the treasurer of this county and I held up the meeting because I didn't understand the rules. I'm going to cry in front of everybody for attention. Maybe that's a little bit more details than people <laughs> need to know. But, <laughs> you know, like if we want to get people in the party, we can't be acting like this. We can't have people held yeah. over for seven hours on a fucking Saturday night. Nobody wants to do that. Right. So, um, you know, I think it's good that you feel you can kind of bring down the fracturing and the tensions in the party. Um, does it seem like a lot of people feel the same way when you're in these meetings? You know, I, I think it, it's a, it's an interesting situation that's happening there because really I think almost everybody who's at our board meeting is there for the right reasons. They're all very well-intended. They're all very hardworking. And we've got to remember, these are volunteers. These are people who are, who are at the end of their week. They've already put in, you know, 40 plus hours They're working hard. They've already got all of the, the their, their local stuff that they're doing and now they're coming to serve on the 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 state board in addition to everything else that's going on family job you know uh, your local county stuff already so i think people are already at their wits end and and we've been kind of conditioned into into expecting this animosity into expecting this 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 rivalry type of mentality and and uh, to not that it was the, the 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 intentions of of our leadership, but I think things kind of got away from them, and and it fostered this this attitude of this expected you know controversy, this expected back and forth debate, um, and and you know that that kind of grew over over not just the last year, but for quite a while now in the party. But um, you know, a, a little bit of structure can go a long way, but really. The, the issue that we're having is a crisis of identity in the Libertarian Party. And this is something that stems back to, I think, the, the methodological approach that the party has taken over the last 10, 15 years. You know, there, there was an approach that, that, that um, to, and to everyone's credit, there was a lot of good people working on this and they put in their best effort, tons of hours, you know, tons of effort to try and make this work. But the approach was to meet people where they're at, you know, bring them in on the issues that they care about, which is, which is the right thing to do. That's step number one. But what we forgot to do was tell them the rest of the side of the libertarian story. We forgot to fill them in on what the rest of this whole thing was about. So now when they came in and they met somebody from the other side who got brought in through a different uh, avenue, who got in, brought in through different interests, they met in the middle and they kind of like, well, wait a second. This wasn't what I was told this was all about. This isn't where, uh, you know, I was told that this is this. You're not a real libertarian. They told me this is what this is about. So we kind of had this, this clash of interest and identity. Because we didn't fill in these new people on the whole other side of the story, you know the 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 idea was was uh, you know logic and, and and a solid idea to to give a try, but but we were got so afraid to offend even one person, we didn't want to lose not one that we ended up losing everybody. Um, so the, I think that the the story that we should learn from this is that we got to be unafraid to be full unapologetic libertarians. Um, so I think really the, the, this animosity comes from there more than even 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 with the wor best or worst intentions of of, a, of an executive committee on a state party. If we don't solve this cultural crisis, this crisis of identity, we're going to continue to have these things, wh whether or not we're having efficient meetings or not. Right, right. Well, I'm sure you saw the newsletter that the LPPA, well, I should say the LPPA sent out, but it went to all the people who are members of the LPPA for yeah. the Libertarian Defense Fund. Now, yeah. I have no problem with PACs or people wanting to be of a certain group within the party, but it seems to me a little fishy when you're using the resources that are, from what I understand, only available to certain people within the party who were duly elected 
to their credit. Yeah. And then they step down and then they use that information to promote one specific side of this divide. And the, the biggest frustration about this whole part or about this whole deal is that everybody in the whole deal agrees on probably at least 90% of the issues. Yeah. We just disagree on how we should use this said yes. vehicle to get to the ends. Well and said. we're like, fighting tooth and nail this is like a all-out fight to the death for the libertarian party and i'm not saying that the libertarian libertarian party isn't worth anything but like you guys realize what we're fighting for here if you guys want to take over the party you're, you're not like grabbing anything insanely valuable that cannot possibly be built elsewhere yeah there's gonna be some effort but like we want the same stuff and if we want the most amount of people in the party to do the most amount of work so we can spread this message, so we can elect people, then why are we, you know, causing this fracturing? What are we doing? And this is why I've kind of said a lot lately, I don't care about the Libertarian Party outside of its ability to create liberty. I care about liberty. That's, what we're, that's how all Libertarians should function. You know, I just I just said the same thing last night at the we, there was a and a host and I said the same thing last night that I don't identify as a libertarian, I identify as an individual and I identify with the liberty movement. And I actually caught a, a little bit of heat mm -hmm. for that statement uh, that I'd like to clarify just for anybody who, who's concerned about that. I'm not saying that I don't I, I don't consider myself a libertarian. I just I identify myself as an individual. And I think we should all remember that the most important thing is to, to respect people and their, their right to self-ownership and their, their right to their individuality. Beautiful. Yeah. Then, then anything after that isn't a part of your identity. It's a part of your, maybe your community and your culture, but, but we must remember our identities are sacred. Our identities are very important. And, and, and seeing each other purely as individuals is in, in at the same time, it's the most autonomous, but the most communal thing, because it, 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 it attaches us to every other person in the, in our common identity as individuals. So no, I don't consider my identity as a libertarian, but yes, I, I, I am, I absolutely associate with, with libertarians and I'm a member of the libertarian party, but, but, you know, I've had concerns lately that we're losing our, our way a bit in, in the, the, the principled and, and philosophical view. And then what does this thing really become? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of something that's just a pure political machine. That's just trying to get the, the organization to beat another organization. If we're not moving the Liberty movement forward, man, then, then what are we doing? You know? Um, so, so that has been definitely a concern. Um, but I think that that's something that the, with the Mises caucus have, is one of our strongest points. You know, we, we uh, advocate for, um, uh, you know, being absolutely solid and, and un, unafraid on the issues that we do not argue about. Um, you know, uh, the, the war, war on drugs, uh, uh, foreign policy, um, uh, corporate welfare, these things. These are things that we can get together on all, all libertarians across all different any, any, anything. And we can have a common identity and we can at least know that for, for sure this is what we are. Um, so I think we should focus on those things. And then some of the other things where libertarians can differ, like on abortion, on borders, on things like that, then maybe we shouldn't take a position as a party, but just let libertarians do their, their parts is what they want there. Now, you know, I, I think that we catch a lot of flack as, as the Mises caucus because, you know, we people were really kind of unsure about what we were when we came in. You know, we came in kind of hot, we came in kind of fast. And I think that people were like, hold on, hold on, let's wait up a second. But this thing just got steamrolling. And that I think that created some some uh, uneasiness, which might have led to the the turmoil and the and the conflict. But you know, if we just remember we're all here for the liberty movement, man. I, I think that, that clears up a lot of stuff. Um right. you know, yeah. On real fast on the topic of the the sure. whole libertarian defense fun thing i think it's mm -hmm. fine for anybody to advocate for whatever they want if they think that's the right mm -hmm. thing to go but but this is something that our leadership uh you know if, if you're familiar with the cathedral caucus uh this is this is basically the cathedral caucus put into a pack and this is run by members of the leadership here in pennsylvania and i think that's pretty disheartening where their their motivation is to either keep out or rid the party of of people who have different views than them and that's a dangerous topic. So I think we've got to be careful about that. Right. And it, it seems to be this, uh, they almost use it 
kind of like, and I've been criticizing hoppy and it's not that I don't have love for these people, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I see them oftentimes use the right wing thing where they specifically hearken back to everything being right wing. You have to be right wing. Yeah. And uh, it almost seems like sometimes they use that term fast and loose where basically it eventually becomes just this amorphous blob of everything that's right wing is good and everything that's left wing is bad because you'll hear them say, mm. oh, well, neocons are left wing. Okay, so Ron DeSantis, if you look at his voting record and what he would do as president, he's inseparable from neocons, but all the hobbyists love him, right? So is he, do you guys love a left winger or (laughs) or, or, are we just defining right wingers, whatever's good? So, but but Mm. that kind of, what I'm saying here is basically they're using this takeover as anything they don't like, right? You can find these words and attach whatever you want to it because you're not objective in what you're speaking about. You could just throw whatever in there and you say, look, that's a takeover. Yeah. Um, you know, people doing things that we don't 100% agree with, that's a takeover. So we have to stop it. And I'm with you. You can organize whatever group you want, but when it's leadership who's responsible for, you know, directing the party and controlling the resources, when they outright show that they have a bias then how are you supposed to have confidence in these people? Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Um, and it, it's not just bias. It's that they want to remove certain people as though they're, they shouldn't right. be in this party. And, and we, we are in no state of, of turning people away. We need, to, we, we need not, not just to not turn people away. We need to figure out how to contact everybody and help them through their process to become you know this whole – we have the most beautiful political message that's ever been devised by man. And we need to help people get to here, not push right. them away because we might have some differences. So, Yeah, yeah I, I, you were criticized for – I believe it was saying that you wanted to remove some planks from the party's beliefs. Um, Mm, I I won't say who exactly it was, (laughs) but uh, I, all I could think was just re because I kept seeing you tagged at status after status after status. And it's, I think you actually had a fair point. um, And you were kind of touching on this a little bit earlier, but perhaps we shouldn't staple every single core tenant to the party's platform. Right. Um, and even Republicans, Democrats essentially do this where there's difference within the party as well, because there are some Republicans that are pro-war and there's some Republicans that are anti-war. There's mm-hmm. some Democrats that are pro-gun and there's some Democrats that are anti-gun. There's differences within the party. And perhaps maybe it is a little bit better to leave it up to the candidate to decide how they want to display a message. So I'm very pro-life through and through. Yeah. But I understand there's probably some libertarians. Murray Rothbard comes to mind. Um, I would disagree with that position. Yeah, I'm I'm adamantly pro-choice, uh, but but we can come together in, in a libertarian message and bring the message of liberty forward, even through our, even through those differences. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron Paul always said that the message of liberty is is unifying, not not divisive. Right. So. So I think it's very important to remember that there are issues where we can we can legitimately disagree. There are issues where there are merits on both sides, and it's up to anybody to decide for themselves through their their community, through their their churches, through their family, through their their you know, um, um, through through their um, you know, what's it, their virtues and and their principled upbringing, how they want to fall on these things. But there's legitimate issues, uh, legitimate merits to both sides of these arguments, like like the abortion issue, like the border issue, like, um, and the issue that that got brought up last night was uh, um, the the uh, the a gender issue that every person should be able to define for themselves uh, what you know gender, and the government should have no role in that. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to be fair, I I had not known about the plank last night. And and what I said was that I'm very wary of of bringing in anything that is tends to uh, uh, tribalize us or faction us and and put us into labeled groups uh, because I think that that's the wrong way should we should go we should always remember to to affirmatively assert the 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 individual aspect of of what we're doing here that the rights come from individuals and and not in groups. Um, but to, to be quite frank, I, I've been talking with, uh, one of, one of the people I'm running against actually John Waldeberger. He's, he's kind of opening my eyes and he linked me up with some people from the outright. And I'd like to have a conversation with them about what exactly that plank is that they want. And I'm, I'm always open to changing my mind, but, but I'd like to hear from them first, what it is that they're doing and what the purpose is before I make a decision like that. But, you know, I think that maybe that question last night was brought about deliberately to, to maybe, uh, you know, 
throw some some bad will but you know we'll leave that to people to decide but um, again, I, I just think that focusing on the, the individual, if we recognize to assert all the rights of the individual and, and afford everybody those things, then all the rest of it kind of falls in the line. Um, but yeah, there are things that we shouldn't put on these planks because it's going to divide us. If we take a position on some of these things, it's going to keep other people out. And let, let's let reasonable minds differ. Let's come together on the things that we can. And then let's, let's move forward into freedom and get roll back the role of the state in our lives. Right. I think that's a very, very simple way to put it. And I think that's a great way to put it, too, because there's so many people that get very contentious about these topics. Like if you look yeah. back in it was like 2018, 2017, Tommy Laren um, had got fired from the blaze for coming out as pro-choice. And she's, mm -hmm. you know, a die in the whole Republican. And hey, she put forth conservative reasoning, just like you can make a libertarian, you know, um, logic out of abortion. And I have no problems with that. I'm not going to go die on the freaking hell of this. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. you said you're pro-choice on pro-life. Who cares? We have difference yeah. of opinion, yeah. but there's no need to sit here and, you know, type yeah. out paragraph after paragraph after paragraph and think that we need to yeah. make a big spectacle of this. You know, if well, you run as a candidate and I run, then, you know, people can figure out who they like more absolutely. and, right. you know, yeah. whoever, wins whoever wins and that's the what i think we are about we are about as libertarians yeah. right free markets yeah. freedom of association and freedom of yeah. choice freedom of ideas too you know mm -hmm. we got to have Absolutely. the free flow of ideas uh, but the 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 thing that i'm for certain is is adding bureaucracy to these issues by by put codifying them into laws is not the way to go if we want to have you know individual areas where you make your own laws in your communities that's great do that right. that's the way we should deal with this issue but but having a uh, single rule that across the board for how everybody is supposed to manage their lives on air, on on topics that you can have genuine reasonable meritorious differences that just seems atrocious to me no matter what the issue is right so um I think we kind of skipped over this. What kind of brought you into the Liberty Movement? We've already been going for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. That's usually how I start. But yeah, I'll kind of yeah. Dive into that oh, I... kind of how you <laughs> how you got to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. So I was kind of apolitical. I can't, I grew up in a home that one parent was a Republican, one was a Democrat. Uh, my first election was George Bush's second term. I voted for Bush because I was like, oh, taxes, you know, that, that these are good. And then I realized the the, the war aspect of it. Uh, and then 2008, I started to get turned on to Ron Paul, but ended up eventually voting for uh, Obama because I was like, well, that Bush thing didn't work. Let's try it the other way. But but uh, then I went back and started watching a lot of the videos of Ron Paul again and just, man, did he fire me up that that Rudy Giuliani moment and just the bravery and, and everything. I was talking about the Federal Reserve, I kind of just fell right down the rabbit hole. So by the 2012 election, man, I was just so fully on board. Um you know, I think what what happened after after the Ron Paul uh, campaigns in 2008, and 2012 was, you know, th those campaigns generated, uh, created millions of brand new people who were liberty minded. Um, but we didn't have a home. You know, uh, the Republican Party didn't want us. They just wanted to go back to, to the status quo of authoritarianism. The Libertarian Party didn't want us because they were kind of trying the you know the more left-leaning uh, pr uh pragmatic approach like i was kind of talking about earlier and they didn't want the ron paul people so we were kind of homeless <laughs> you know so i i kind of turned off on politics at that point and it wasn't until um 2019 where i was just uh, so uh it might have been 2020 actually where i had just uh i went down the austrian rabbit hole real hard and ended up uh, getting into the mises institute's uh economics uh, graduate program the very first class that they had um so i was real big into the mises things to you know uh, uh anything mises i was all about and and one day i was scrolling down in my facebook and i saw a uh, a meme that a friend had posted and up in the corner was a little watermark and it said Mises Caucus. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, so I I uh, started looking into them. Like Tom Woods is on the board. Uh, they're they're talking about all the things that I'm into. Wow, I gotta better take a look at this. So I reached out, and that's kind of what brought me back into the 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 belief that the party might do something because I was not impressed by by uh, uh, Gary Johnson, particularly in the 2016 campaign with Bill Bill Weld. Um, I voted for Jorgensen in 2020, but but I really wasn't you know, too impressed by any of that. Yeah, I think um, everybody who voted for it kind of felt the same way. Um, full disclosure, and I'll probably piss everybody off when I say this, <laughs> I donated to Joe Jorgensen. It wasn't like lump sums of cash, but I did donate to her campaign. But yeah. um, she was solid on all the libertarian stuff, despite all the shit that people yeah. gave her, but she just wasn't yeah. enthusiastic about the message. 
Yes, I agree. I, I don't think there was anything particularly bad about Joe Jorgensen. I, in right. fact, I liked her kind of her older message stuff. And Spike, I'm, I'm, I think Spike is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, we were just like ripe in the middle of this 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 uh, you know uh, lockdowns and things like that, and 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 they were silent. The campaign was was basically silent, and right. the national party was silent. And I was like, boy, this is no good. And then here comes this thing, the Mises Caucus, with all this this like in, you know like no we're against this no this is not right we got to take a stand i'm like all right i'm getting fired up maybe maybe there's a time to take a look at the back at the libertarian party um so that's how i i got another look uh so i ended up getting uh reaching out to my local uh, allegheny county affiliate here in pittsburgh and um went in and the very first day i got put on the board uh put, got made the outreach director and <laughs> i kind of ran from there and just hit the ground running now you know i got multiple roles i'm the treasurer now in allegheny county i'm on the outreach i'm on financial uh committee you know in the lppa i'm on um legal action committee and uh, media relations and I'm the state board rep so you know i i just i just kind of basically sold out completely and like was like i'm, I'm gonna go hard as i can for this this party because you know this is the time is now and and, and this is the place to be and if we can't do it here then man I, I don't know what we're gonna do we got we got a hell of an opportunity right now uh like i was saying earlier the the attention is on pennsylvania we're we're cruising better than anybody and we really have an opportunity here um and i'm, I'm real excited absolutely and uh after this past year, when I seen all the people who got elected, and it's not like these people, um, it's not like a lot of them were these great positions, but there were some people that were elected mayors, um, city councilmen, uh, Ben Sievers, who's literally like two blocks yeah. over, got elected as city councilman. He's been on the show. Um, so, man. yeah, he is. Um, you and I were talking a little bit off the show about the paleo movement, yeah. and I was kind of going back and forth with these people on Twitter today. Um, well, I should say I was particularly, but um, I was kind of observing. I put out a poll and I had asked, what do you think is the best way to reduce government? Um, libertarian LP or paleo GOP? And within a few hours, it had over 500 votes. I think it's probably up to like 1,100 right now. And I only have like 600 followers on Twitter. No, so I mean, it's like a speech follower. <laughs> oh my God, dude, it blew the fuck up. Pete Quinones, Tho Bishop, Reed Coverdale. Um, you know, guys who are on go. the show, but there I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, these Ooh, people man. go back and forth with all these people on Twitter and it's yeah. really blowing up. Um, it, it's, it's interesting, but... At first, I was very biased towards the LP, but um, now I'm kind of more of like whatever way you think is best to spread liberty, do yeah. that. So um, the reason why I kind of went on that long tirade is because a lot of people were saying, oh, no, the LP will never win. The LP won't work. But I'm like, you guys don't really know that. And I really think that's changing because if you look here in Pennsylvania, once again, we have mayors. These people are in charge of fucking yeah. towns. Yeah. Nate Job yeah. was like. 10 votes off of winning against an incumbent not like mm. you know it was an uncontested race an incumbent he was only like 10 votes away so you know people can dish on the lp all they want but i'm i'm thinking here in pennsylvania it's a little bit of a different story like some of the republicans yeah. are running here um my brother and i went to an event and one of the flyers the guy had literally said he wanted to charge people who attack police as a hate crime and if you use it in cancel culture, will be persecuted as harassment. So how do you define these things? Like <laughs> it's like ad libbing leftist bullshit under a MAGA banner. So um, I know it's a long tirade, but uh, yeah. you know why not the Republican Party for you, and why the geo or um, why the LP? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so first of all, I think that we should be. That this is why I come from a stance of the liberty movement and what tools do we have available to us to advance the liberty movement and 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 really have, make a difference in those areas. I think that we should use every single avenue available to us. If people have a passion in in doing it through the libertarian party, either through campaigns or or through issues, then do that. If you have an interest in 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 coming up through the GOP and trying to return it back to some classical sort of liberalism, do that. Let's. Let's 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 fight this war on every front that we can and see where we can make ground, because it's not going to be we're, we're never going to get in either either through the Libertarian Party or through the GOP and legislate freedom down from on high. This has turned into this this bureaucracy, this federal system has turned into their tool. It's turned into such an, an uh, 
it just uh, a leviathan just uh, to use the terms of Robert Higgs and uh, um, that we're never going to be able to use their tool to, to return back to freedom. What we have to do is, is, is reach the people and we need to do that through every avenue possible. So I think, the, uh, you know, the Thoe bishops using the paleo strategy to, to get back into the GOP and return to really, you know, classical liberalism and, and conservatism is a great idea. How many people can you affect? I bet he can he can reach tons of people through that and get Absolutely. them back and 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 get them thinking about, you know, the 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 liberty, uh, the the message of liberty in, in that avenue here. We can we can do it through uh, in our low. I think this is the thing the Libertarian Party is missing big on is our fight. Our game is at the local level using the principles of local nullification and getting uh, you know, a couple of ordinances passed and getting a couple of people elected, you can have a huge, huge impact. And we can, if we get in, if we get in each of our communities and we affect the people there, then all of a sudden the entire nation has changed. So we need to just get in and affect the people to no longer tolerate this type of stuff. And then we can use things like, like uh, nullification at, at the local level to, to, to bring about this change. We don't need to legislate it down on high. You know, we can we can do it in our communities, and that's where this libertarian thing is going to succeed. But and that's also where I think the the impact of the the paleos in, in the GOP can have is is getting people's minds changed about what's an acceptable form of and then the proper role of government. Right, I completely agree, and I kind of wish more libertarians kind of had that same mindset. We kind of need to ditch this you know, strict party affiliation, because you might have seen, I, I left the Thunderdome chat just because. Well, oh, me too, man. It isn't in <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, some of them got pissed off at me because I said, I don't think the Libertarian Party should really run anybody against Ian Smith, who's running for uh, Congress out in New Jersey. Um, yeah. Who's like more nationally known than the dude who defied lockdowns and accused, you know, literally millions of dollars in fines goes on Tucker Carlson and you know, is now running for Congress and loved in his community. Right. Um, why should we run somebody against him? Right. If you're just, run, just to yeah. do it, right. Just to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, if you have somebody that may want to push him, you know, primary him to make it better on some issues. Okay. But I don't think you're really going to be successful. Yeah. The dude voted for Ron Paul. He told yeah. me on this show, he voted for Ron Paul. Yeah. What else do you want out of a Republican? Uh, oh, yeah. he's not running as a libertarian. Who cares? Is he going to bring about liberty? Yes, because that's what he's been all about these last couple of years. So, you know, what are we what are we doing here? Do we want to create liberty or do we want to create just someone with an L next to their name that's in a chair? I don't care who's in the chair. I care about the result. Yeah. Well, if we know anything about Austrian economics, we know the resources are scarce and we really got to pick our battles. What good is it doing? You know, how much good is there to gain by running against somebody in, in you know, who's, who's a good Republican? And, and uh, you know, obviously everybody's got their faults, but but if, if they're solid on certain issues and there's ground to be gained through through that avenue, why why not use our resources in a different way? Because like we we got to attack these people on all fronts, you know. So we really got to think strategically about picking our battles. Um, but but this is something that I, the 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 idea of like strategy planning has really been opened up to me recently. Uh, we've got a guy by the name of Johannes Earnhardt here in Allegheny County. Yeah. Uh, Johannes is amazing. You know, he he does these strategy plans for companies and different organizations professionally. And in Allegheny County, we've been implementing a strategy plan, you know, uh, five years out and things like that. And it's really opening our eyes to, you know, what is legitimately the, the progress that we can make? Where can we uh, focus our energies to have the best impact right now? Where do we need to hold off on? What are we maybe not ready to do yet? You know, I was really interested in running a mayor candidate uh, in this last election series against Ed Ganey. Uh, just I wanted the messaging to get out there and everything like that. But but um, the, the point was made to me, well, what if we do and then people turn into our organization now and they're looking for us to, to be, um, you know, the, the place to come and, and, and let them know what to do next. And our and our house is not in order. You know, what, do we, what happens when the action oriented person comes in, looks at the party and they've got to put this thing back together before they can even use it. They're just going to walk right away. So so knowing where we're at, knowing how to harness the resources we have to their best uses. I think is something that we really need to think about and, and just running a libertarian because we, we can is maybe not always the best. If, if the party isn't ready to receive the attention that they're going to generate, 
maybe maybe you need to think about where where you can better use those resources getting your house together first absolutely and i love that message because it's not just applicable to the uh, political realm you know this podcast is mostly about making yourself better you know doing whatever you can right now to just put yourself a little bit further ahead of where you were the day before so and i think that's reflected a lot the political um lp is that you know we're not ready for maybe a national candidate um not saying that we should run one but you know we're not going to take up the white house but we're seeing that you know now after years and building up strong local lp chapters um maybe we are ready to start doing city council maybe we are strong enough to start taking over some uh different cities and neighborhoods um but you know we got to start there before we start trying to send people to congress or you know running these huge campaigns and dumping all this money into a candidate who you know just logistically will not win no i'm not saying you shouldn't run people in races that they may not win what i'm saying is just like you said, let's not waste resources when there's something, you know, perhaps, hey, maybe we could just store this away for the following year. Maybe right. we have someone that's a little bit more viable on a lower level that could win and still achieve success there. We need to be strategic about this. And, you know, like we've both said now, um, just throwing a libertarian wherever we could put a libertarian maybe just isn't the best answer. Well, because you, t- you follow that road to its end and then you get the answer that Nick Sarwark gave during that famous debate with Dave Smith. Uh, and that if you know if you run Dick Cheney or Adolf Hitler, we should support him. And that, you know, that that's not a road that we want to ever get close to going down. So we got to be very careful. You know, get our house in order. And and then you're right. This this applies to this just applies to life. Get your house in order. Know where you're at. Make your goals, but set them realistically. But you know, don't 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 uh, put on your pants that are too big for you. You know what I mean? Uh, you're just gonna end up tripping over yourself. So we got to remember where we're at, where we're going. And 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 be very deliberate and and not we don't want to procrastinate, but 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 set the proper goals down in in a in a you know reasonable time length to to where you eventually want to be. But know where you're at because you can you can do some harm to yourself and, and to your to your organization. Right, I completely agree. So kind of shifting back to your run for chair, um, you worked on Rob Luther's campaign and somebody else's campaign. I just can't Drew remember Ray. Ahead. Drew yeah, he's awesome. Drew Red. Drew's a man. Oh man. Yeah. That the, he for being so young, man, he's got some of the best oratory that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, and he is a very, very great speaker. Um, you and I were at the Second Amendment yes. convention out yeah. at uh, the Isabel Field, and yeah, he kind of gave an impromptu speech, and he's like what 22, 23? 23, yeah. Nailed mm. it. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh he's going to be just fine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to him, you know, seeing how his kind of growth comes about the Libertarian Party. Um, what did your work look like in their campaigns? And how do you feel that applies to your, um, yeah. you know, potential position as chair? Sure. Yeah. So both of those were special elections. So these happened real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you know, there was a call for volunteers. And what I what I did was was, you know, show up to their events and try and bring, uh, you know, all the, the local people that I have to, to try and, you know, rally up support for them. But but I also did canvassing with them, door knocking um, uh, and, and things like that. Um, so the it wasn't uh, the, the long term kind of campaign planning that I think you see with the 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 usual election process, but it happened so fast. And, and, and there was such a, uh, uh, an importance put on it because of the, the level of office that was there for, and, and plus Rob and Drew were great candidates and I, I really got behind them. So, you know, we were able to get them in news. We were able to get them in, um, you know, covering uh, a wide range of, of their, their constituency uh, by doing door knocking and things like that. Um, nice. Yeah. The, the other campaign experience that I had was with the molten maneuver. Um, I, provided some legal help uh to challenges to their their paperwork the signatures and real quick i hate to interrupt you um can you elaborate on the maneuver real quick i i know what it is just um just in case anybody else doesn't know sure the molten maneuver is something developed by uh, dr chuck molten he's here in pennsylvania but he's uh he's had a pretty big role at the national party as well but what he devised was was a, a plan to identify local races where no one is running and we have ballot access here in Pennsylvania. So if we just get a libertarian on the ballot into a position where no one is running, people are just going to check the box. The one person is there. You don't have to write in anybody. There's nobody running against them. And uh, through this process, we were able to get 170, I think 176 libertarians elected here in Pennsylvania. The next best state, I think, was 16. So, <laughs> so it, it was really a great idea. 
Um, but so I assisted in those campaigns by uh, there, there's signature requirements. You have to be able, as a third party to get on the ballot. Yep. And there's a number of counties that, that wanted to raise that requirement. Um, it, it goes off of how many votes were cast for the winning positions in each district. But there were there were there were counties that wanted to use how many votes were cast for the president. Uh, so we were able to to get uh, through to working with the solicitors and, and the, the elected officials in these counties, get them to kind of see our side. And we were able to get uh, 66 out of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania to agree with our position where we had a number of challenges going into that. So I was able to help them out on the, the ballot access uh, with the signature requirements where we had a bunch of challenges. Mm -hmm. um, it, does that kind of cover up the legal work? I kind of cut you off a little bit, but um, yeah, that, that, well, okay. yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And uh, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think this is where um we're talking about the strength of the LP and there are some Mises caucus guys who kind of downplay this Molt maneuver, yeah. but um, the way I kind of look at it is we don't know what the long-term result of this is. So right. we have 176 elected libertarians and some of them may be just constables or um, order of elections or whatever seats that once again are uncontested races. But once again, what does this look like five years down the line if we keep yeah. doing this and keep running them? And then eventually, you know, all of Pennsylvania is like, holy shit, you know, there's like an air of legitimacy to the Libertarian Party. And maybe these people really can win. You know, maybe we should start casting a vote for the Libertarian governor. Maybe we should cast a vote for the Libertarian congressman. Um, I really think it gives, once again, way to a uh, breath of legitimacy towards the Libertarian Party. I, I like to put it as viability. It gives viability right. to these to these that, you know, there, there's going to be a point. I don't know what the percentage number is, but it's somewhere, I think, around 20 percent. Once we hit this certain point, then the, the general populace is going to see the Libertarian Party as a viable option to compete with the with the two major parties. So I think the Molten Maneuver has the potential to go a long way towards achieving that viability goal now. But but the question is always, what now? What's next? What's the call to action? In and of itself, uh, 176 left libertarians looks great on a headline. And, and it, it, you know, it's, it's something that we can all congratulate each other on doing it. It's the first time that we've done that. But what now? How do we turn that into the next level? How do we how do we raise the, the bar on that? So I think what, what it is up to us to do now is to determine how to turn that 176 into 300 and how to turn these uncontested elections that we've won into contested victories because we well, I think we had about 15 contested election victories but but here's what we can use you know now we've got all of these people who who can put on their resume I was an elected official you know now when I run for sheriff when I run for mayor when I run for city councilman I can tell you I'm I've been an elected official. I've already done this. I have some credit. I have we can use these uncontested uh, uh, victories to turn them into the next step and take that and, and really start getting the, the positions with some teeth on them. Um, so so I think the the moat maneuver goes a long way to 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 uh, uh, the perception of viability in this party, and it gives us the 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 potential to turn these into some positions with real teeth. But not only do we, do, you know, when we run these contested elections, now we might not, and and maybe we win, and we we can really make some policy change. But even if we don't, if we're running in a high profile contested election, like running a mayor in the city of Pittsburgh, we're going to get news coverage. And even if we don't win now, we're going to at least be able to have the platform to set the message out there. So this molt maneuver can, uh, I, I agree with you. The pe some people in the Mises caucus downplay the 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 potential, and I want to be clear that it's, it, it, the, the potential of the molt maneuver, because in and of itself, having a bunch of auditors and constables, you're right, you're not going to really make much policy change. But what we do with it next has a lot of potential to, and, and if we use it the right way, if we use it on top of the other efforts that we're doing, if we use it in connection with the issue coalitions that we're doing, if we use it in connection with running contested campaigns, now, now it's really, uh, it really serves a purpose beyond just grabbing a couple of headlines and looking good in our newsletter. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, perhaps this divide in the party can agree on because it seems like the divide is almost like messaging, versus um getting people elected but i don't mm -hmm. see why it has to be one or the other and I, I don't see why people on this divide can't just say look 
you focus on this and I'll focus on that. And look, we're going to work together. So you don't, if I'm busy getting people elected and you're busy working on messaging, then why don't we both support, you know, let's say this candidate and then I'll work to get him elected and you can kind of tailor his messaging yeah. and work his social media. Exactly. So that way, once again, we all work together. Everybody's happy. We get elected libertarians with bold messaging. Um, so do you see either one is more important than the other, or do you see them both as just, you know, kind of, I don't say two sides of the same coin, but both kind of equally well, important. So I, I say it in a different way. Since I've joined this thing and realized the divide that's going on, I, I've said we're two arms of the same body. When we need to use use those arms to pick each other up, this this has a lot in 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 line with what I was talking about between the the paleo GOP uh, approach and the Libertarian Party approach. Listen, we need to be be addressing these these things at all fronts. If if you are a person who is into the messaging, then come on in. Let's figure out how we can use the party as a messaging and education tool. Let's figure out how we can give these candidates good messaging strategies. But if you if you what you're what you're interested in happens to be in in supporting campaigns and and seeing uh, success at the ballot boxes, then then get in with these candidates and run. You know, go door knocking every day. Round up the volunteers. Get the get the the flyers out there get the phone banking going put the signs in the yards you know we we need to be doing this on all fronts and we're we are cooperative and we're not we're not uh you know um uh one or the other we we can we not only can we we must be doing both of these things and once we realize that we're on the same team and we can have different interests and still be driving this thing forward together you know we're i think we're gonna we're gonna be be just fine but, uh, right yeah, well, um, how do you see our convention going? This is going to air on, oh my God, I probably should know this right <laughs> off the bat, but uh, this will be airing on the 28th, and right now it's yeah. the 23rd, so uh, shortly thereafter, um, right. how do you think our convention is going to go? You know, I don't think that the... I don't think that we're going to have the same problems that we had last year. I don't think the 180 day thing is going to be nearly as contentious of an issue that, that it was last year, but, but um, nor do I think the elections are really going to be that contentious because us, the candidates ourselves has actually been very respectful to each other. And, That's and what we're, I've noticed. Um, it, you know, some of the, a lot of the noise is coming from people outside of the actual candidates themselves. And, and, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do, but, but I don't think that the, the, we're going to have the same type of contentions that we had last year, uh, where I see us getting bogged down is in our bylaws and our platform amendments. Um, and, and actually probably in our, in our delegate elections, cause you gotta remember we're, we're electing delegates to go to national convention this year and, and, uh, if certain if certain uh, interest groups uh, have things go you know their way, I think there's going to be a lot of sad faces <laughs> at convention. Um, but uh, you know we we didn't get to bylaws and platforms last year, and I think everybody can can uh, recognize that our bylaws are just completely completely uh, lacking in 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 so many ways, and it's a detriment to this party, and that's part of the reason why we're having really long meetings as well. So I don't think that we're going to see the issues we saw last year. I do think that we're going to see maybe some new ones in in the the electing of delegates for the national convention and in our bylaws because I think we've got a, close to a hundred bylaw amendments proposed. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, <laughs> last year definitely seemed contentious, but um, yeah. you know, so kind of wrapping this thing up here. Um, Let's say things don't go your way at convention. Um, you're not going to be one of those guys, and I already know the answer to this question, but I, I figure I'll ask it and let you kind of put your own spin on it. Um, let's say one of your opponents does win. You're not going to be one of those guys who takes their ball and leaves, are you? No, no. I uh, didn't do it last year. Not not one of the people in the Mises Caucus left. In fact, we only grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I lose, I, I will do everything in my power, not just to, to continue to participate with all of my ability, but to encourage everybody who I have influenced over to give whoever wins a chance. And, and listen, this is what we're going to have one way or another, whether you like it or not, this is what we have. Let's at least, let's at least take what we have, take what we got. Here's, here's our cards. Let's do what we can with them to do the best we can next year. So if I, and, and to be quite frank, I think that Christine is one of the hardest working people in the party i have no doubt that she's going to uh pay all the due care and attention um there there are things that maybe i would do differently than her but i i don't think that we're going to be in in you know completely um incapable hands if if she wins i think that we're going to be just fine 
Um, so, I, you know, I think we got to remember, let, let's let the body, let's let the members decide who they want, the method they want. And I think that there's merits for why both of us should be there and we'll let the people choose. And then whatever happens, I think that, and, and I really believe that all of us will, you know, just continue forward and, and, and try to see the progress that, that we saw in the last year. Absolutely. And she seemed to have shared the uh, same sentiment. And I believe that she feels the same exact way. And I think that's an awesome direction for the party to go in. Um, it, it seemed like there was some resentment in some members of the party last year. But, um, you yeah. know, time will tell yeah. as to how that plays out. But I truly do think that a lot of the bickering and bitching could be set aside pretty easily. And I think a lot of people kind of want to move forward as a party together to really, yeah. you know, change things. I also believe very heavily in the redemption and the rehabilitation ability of every person. Mm -hmm. So there, there's not one person who I want to see out of this thing, you know, especially for good. If, if, if somebody feels very passionately about, you know, say I win and you feel that I, I'm just wrong for the position and you want to, and you want to step away for a little bit. I, I, I hope you know that you are welcome back with open arms anytime that you're ready and, and the, no, no love is lost. We need every single person that we can. I completely agree. And I, I, I think everybody else would as well. And, um, yeah, I think, like I said, I didn't think you'd be the kind of guy that would take the ball and leave. And it seems like a lot of people, um, a majority of the people in the LP um, are just kind of ready to put their nose to the grindstone. They don't care who's there, um, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there's some people that trash talk the Mises Caucus yeah. and some people that Mises Caucus to trash talk other people. There, but it seems like on both sides. There, absolutely. On both sides. It seems like everybody's willing to put in the work and they really care about the candidates. They care about the message and they care about liberty. Um, so kind of wrapping it up, there's three questions generally that I ask every uh, guest. So we'll start off with the first one. Rob, what does liberty look like to you? Uh, liberty means the ability of every person to choose for themselves how to how to how to live, that there is an un an unhampered ability to 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 rule your own life mm -hmm. and, and to live and let live. Awesome. What does health look like to you? Health looks like um uh, w when you are, are, uh, optimizing, uh, your ability to take advantage of opportunities where they become physically, emotionally, uh, you know, in any way, putting yourself in the best position to be able to, to, to capitalize on the opportunities that come in front of you. Awesome. I think that's an awesome answer. And, uh, I guess my third final question, what do you got going on, um, in the future and, uh, where can everybody find you? Well, uh, we are just putting together a small batch whiskey distillery, so I'll be looking at, for that to come out here pretty soon. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> um, um, it's going to be under the name of Burn Brothers, so look out for that. And you can find me on Facebook, um, L, uh, Rob Coburn for LPPA Chair, or uh, under my band pseudonym. I play in a couple bands, Rob Grizzly. Um, you can find me on there. Please reach out if you have any questions or if I can do anything to help you, please let me know awesome well it was really awesome to have you on um definitely do it again sometime in the future to uh shoot the shit about whatever comes down the pipeline um, absolutely I, I got a whole bunch of uh ideas for future shows and like i said you got a uh you know you're welcome back on anytime and you know you've always been great to me i consider you a friend you know fellow uh yinzer so um yeah dude this has been great and like i said i'm just glad that you come on and um i'm looking forward to seeing you next weekend and uh probably be lots of whiskey oh, yeah. and uh good times oh, yeah, yelling yeah. and uh, getting called nazis <laughs> something like that <laughs> well we seem to be good at it so well i appreciate right. you man uh, thanks for having me on uh anything i can do for you let me know of course all right everybody take care see ya for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.